On this week's NFES in Reality Check, we talk with Comptel on looking beyond CapEx and OpEx when moving towards virtualization platforms. Comscope, thinking beyond today's technology to help you make the best decision for your network and your business. Telecom Careers, the number one global telecom and wireless job board. Telecomcareers.com. Hello and welcome. My name is Dan Meyer, Editor-in-Chief of RCR Wireless News, and I'm the host of the NFES in Reality Check. Thanks for joining us this week. Uh, this week, we are joined by Simon Osborne, who's the CTO of Service Orchestration at Comtel, to talk a bit about uh, the, I guess, the financial impacts and, I guess, as, as telecom operators are looking towards the move towards virtualization. Hey, Simon, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it. Hey, Dan, it's, uh, it's a pleasure to join you. I'm looking forward to it. So. Great, great. Well, I know we talked a little bit yesterday about uh, your title of service orchestration. Obviously, when it comes to virtualization, uh, that's a big topic when it comes to this market. But, but let's start with a quick overview uh, of Comptel. I know here in the U.S., at least, uh, there is another firm called Comptel, which people probably know about, but you guys are a different firm. But uh, So maybe you can give us a little overview of, of Comptel and how you guys, uh, I guess, uh, participate in the, uh, in the telecom space. Yeah, so I mean, Comtel based in Finland, uh, Nordic organization, uh, came out of um, essentially out of the telecoms in in uh, in Finland. Uh, so IT group spawned off into a telco company uh, vendor. Um, got a lot of heritage uh, and understanding of uh, the mobile space, mobile provisioning, activation, mediation, things like that. But more recently, we've been moving into um, the more of the enterprise side of the business, the more fixed side of the business. And uh, I think what it what it does for us is it, it, it brings the worst use cases of mobile <laughs> and the worst use cases of fixed and highly bespoke tailored services together. And uh, you've got scale and and, and and customization. And guess what? That sounds pretty much like SDN NFV to me. So, uh, so it puts us in a good place. So. Yeah. It obviously, again, I know in the telecom space, this whole virtualization move has been uh, ongoing for some time. It sounds like you guys are pretty involved in, in that space. I guess, can you talk a little bit more about how you guys kind of, I guess, work when it comes to using, you know, NFV, SDN, these types of virtualization things and kind of, you know, working with the telecom operators and what you guys provide in terms of, of I guess, I guess, services to, to, to telecom operators out there? Yeah, so I mean, it's interesting. I, I think I, I touched on it a little bit. We we found ourselves in this uh, this situation where we, we understood scale, we understood yeah. volume, we understood how uh, mission critical systems were, were necessary for for business and operational needs. Mm-hmm. And we've also started to see that um, there is this this need then to to recognise the the change in the buying patterns, the change in the business pro- programs, the, the models that are used by the, by the operators. And we, we sort of coined this, this phrase sort of operation next today, which is it's sort of recognizing that, that service providers um, need to change, right? So if you look at the way systems have been rolled out, the way customers have been consumed and understood for the last 30 years, that was okay. But if you look at the way things are moving, You've got the digital buying experience that is that is changing radically, right? I mean, you you have uh, generation cloud, the app economy, the app store. I mean, yeah. the idea that that people wait two weeks, three weeks for a service is is insane. Right? I mean, <laughs> for, for our kids, I mean, the, the idea I, I want it now, right? Yeah. And it, and the, the idea you need to wait for it. So, so you've got a situation where the it, it's not really business to consumer or business to, to uh, business. It's more business to human, right? Yeah. So, it's understanding that 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 contextual piece, and then you've got the idea that, um, frankly, there's more to monetize. That the and the important thing about that is that the time becomes the new business asset. It it's about how do you monetize things 
in the real time, in the context, in the relevance? How do you take very transitionary services and make some some cash from those, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and all around that is, is big data, is fast data. And, and, and my sweet spot, my thing that gets me excited is, uh, is then the orchestration. It's the change in the network. Right? Yeah. I, mean, I think we've, we, we recognize that, um, that the consumers are changing, what consumers expect from their digital buying patterns, their, their service providers, yeah. the digital economy in general is changing. And then in the same same breath, almost in, in the same uh, period of time, you've got this transformation of the network taking place. You've yeah. got this perfect alignment of the, the change in the front office and the change in the back office. And, and that's, that's really exciting. What's terrifying is, and certainly for the service providers, is the, uh, the organizational transformation. Sure, sure. That, that potentially brings as well. Um, so Comtel, we, we, we feel that with this, this, this change, this new way of doing things, that frankly, the solutions of the past maybe are not relevant, right? The approaches of the past are maybe not relevant. So mm -hmm. this is the right time to be considering a new, a new way. Right. And as we talked yesterday, the, the beauty of this period in time or this, this once in a, a lifetime opportunity is that there's no right or wrong answer. Right? It, it's understanding that the service providers want to change the way they do business. And we're probably recognizing the most viable time to, to, to make it real. Right? Yeah. And yeah. that's, that's really exciting. It's exciting for me and it's exciting for Comtel and it's exciting for our customers as well, right? Yeah, sure, sure. Well, I mean, I know I've talked to a lot of operators about this and you know, here domestically, at least in the US, you know, like AT&T. I mean, one of the things they've said to me a lot is, you know, this is not just, I mean, this move towards virtualization is not just a, a you know, something, a show. It's, you know, it's, it's a transformational change at the company itself. I mean, it's a whole new way of looking at doing things. And for companies in the telecom space, which are traditionally, as you know, very conservative, uh, this kind of change over a relatively short period of time, so it seems, or let's kind of the talk at least, uh, like you said, it's a scary time, it seems like, for these companies, and have someone to work with and to walk through it uh, seems, uh, seems that, like they have to have somebody along with this too. So, I mean, it seems like, you know, companies like yourselves and others who are working in the space, uh, I'm sure, like you said, it's a lot of work for you guys, but uh, I'm sure it keeps you guys busy as well. I'm sure you guys stay up uh, late at nights and long weekends and things like that too, trying to get this stuff done. Yeah, no, I mean, that's right. I mean, there's, there's some real, there's some big elephants in the room here. Yep. And, uh, and we'll talk some, about those. <laughs> there's, some, there's some real uh, conflicts of interest. And I mean, if you look at what's taking place, particularly around STN and NFV, um, for a long time, you saw the, the, the flagship benefits of, of OPEX CAPEX, right? This is going to suddenly commoditize hardware. We're going to slash the cost out of the network. Um, and I think right now, um, that's still, it's still a hope, right? <laughs> it's still, I think if, if you strip away the journey, then I think in the utopian endgame, that's probably true. Sure. But, but the journey, um, is there going to be those cost savings? Mm, I don't know. And, and one of the, the, the drivers around that, and uh, I spoke to a major service provider the, the other day, and, and they said to me, look, I mean, if frankly, if the virtualization strategy that's promoted by the industry um, is simply virtualizing one-to-one -one the hardware we have today, um, you know what, that's nice, but it ain't really gonna make a big difference. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and it's not really that that change that the service providers are, are really after. Why is that happening? I, I think it's, 
being brutally honest, it's the path of least resistance. I think <laughs> if you're looking at the major network providers, the ADPs um, faced really? this this revolution, um, they they need to evolve. They can't just change overnight, right? So, so the idea that they take little stepping stones and virtualize their their hardware one to one is probably the right thing to do. But equally, the service providers don't want that. Yeah. Uh, but then you challenge the service provider and you say, so who are you going to buy these new functions from? And they sort of look at each other and they go, well, we'll buy them from the people we've always bought. Them from. <laughs> There's this catch-22. So it, it yeah. probably needs smaller organizations, perhaps more uh, loose ecosystems around these these, these technologies to, to really challenge the incumbents and challenge the... Uh, new ways to do, and then you flip into this service agility, right? I mean, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm old enough to to have seen every uh, technology dawn promise a new level of service agility <laughs> in in the past, and uh, and then very quickly you get into what what's the killer app, and then everybody looks at each other and, and can't quite predict it. But I think if you look at um, service agility, if you look at the ability to onboard services, if you look at the the time it takes to to roll out new services, it is technically quick. Um, the question is trust. Right? Yeah. The question is, will will the service providers trust this new level of let's throw it out and see, right? And th they're not traditionally that way inclined. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I think it's probably going to be services that 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 come from nowhere. Um, that that really challenged this um, localized gaming service, moving yeah. uh, set top box functionality to to sort of uh, content delivery nodes, and then getting those content delivery nodes nearer the homes, nearer the, the premises. It's probably those sorts of things that are really going to push this along. IoT things like that, yeah. rather than just let's virtualize the, the the NGN network that we've got today and stick a V in front of it, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that's a good. I mean, obviously, uh, the the agility and the and the trust aspect, I think, is something I've talked about with a lot of people too, because uh, there is that trust factor. Because uh, you know, operators do have these networks that are running today. Like you said, I mean, there's no reason to do a one to one swap on things because operators, the networks that are running today, are working fairly well. I mean, operators are generating a lot of revenue. Obviously, there's some pressure on the on, on the revenue side, but there's still a lot of revenue. These networks are fairly reliable. Uh, so this move towards uh, this virtualized world which will include a lot of automation, which is a big challenge too, because there has to be a trust factor in the automation aspect as well. But that does seem like that's gonna be a big a big challenge of this is just to make sure that the operators are, are confident that when they do uh, kind of not necessarily flip the switch, but I mean, when they make this move towards automation and virtualization, that the services are gonna run reliably uh, like they have in the past and not lose that because if, you know, if the service goes down, Customers are on the phone immediately calling the operator and that generates, you know, that's, that's a cost right there with customer care and stuff like that. So that does seem like that's a huge part of this is getting that trust factor involved. No, I agree. I agree. And I think um, maybe uh, lessons can be learned from, from other industries, right? Sure. And, um, I think if you look at um, some of the, uh, uh, the disruptors in the market, people like Netflix, things like yeah. that, yeah. they have a very different approach to rolling out, rolling out a new service. They're, they have a more... Um, optimistic model rather than a pessimistic model and the network guys have, have run with for many years and and they've started to look at uh, sort of almost um real-time regression testing processes yeah. that are actually in the network rather than in a lab 
that's trialed out for nine months before anybody's allowed to do anything to, to the real network. So yeah. I think that, that there's a change there. And, and, and key to that is this whole DevOps thing, right? So how, how can the service providers start to understand the IT best practices of rolling out new services, testing them, maybe even that rollout process has inherent testing in it rather than testing as an offline thing done by the testing group. I mean, it's done as part of the integrated process. And, and that's where you've got this real um, dilemma between the IT guys and the network guys who are slugging it out to, to do the land grab around, around SDNFE. Major IT companies like IBM and HP and all these guys, right, who are saying, "Hey, it's, it's all IT, it's all new," right? And then you got the NEPs who are saying, "No, no, no, it's it's all the way it was in the past." You buy, <laughs> and there's there is a conflict, right? Yes. And I think I think the agility DevOps is is a big part of that agility thing. Trust, honestly speaking, um, every other I, I talked about it before this this app store model, this cloud generation, this this idea. Uh, that you can cherry pick and pull in whatever you like at any time. That applies to the service providers as well, right? So where are they going to be able to get that trust from? Who, who's giving that that certification or that quality or that rubber stamp to say, hey, you know what, these, these new network functions work? And, and that, again, will be a big part of the agility story. And, and if it's not solved, you'll, you'll still be in this one-to-one map yeah. Um, and, and Comtel, we, we believe strongly that um, the transformation in the network to, I mean, let's pull out buzzwords from the past, right? Telco 2.0, two-sided business models, all those things, right? If we're going to get anywhere near those, the change has to be considered holistically from the front office, the way yeah. you sell them, the way you manage them, the way you monetize them, and also the way you deliver them. And if you if you solve this in just a single piece, in just isolation, you do run the risk of the collective blind spot winning out and we just get another flavor of ice cream. <laughs> and that would be a real shame, a real yeah. shame. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's an interesting. Yeah, I mean, obviously you're right. It's, it's going to be hard to kind of get that, uh, or I guess to keep the momentum going because it does seem like the industry does uh, revolve a lot around buzzwords and new technologies. But uh, a lot of those things also run out of run out of uh, I guess uh, fashion relatively quickly too, and new things come along, and so it does seem like for this to really uh, gain momentum, it's got to it's got to be that continued support through the whole organization to see to see this through because this is going to be a multi-year process, and you don't want uh, you know a new CEO coming in and all of a sudden saying no 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 we're not doing this we're doing something different now uh, no. because that just you know then you go nowhere. Absolutely, no, I agree, and I think uh, we we talk about the the, the agility side. It's yeah. um, it's a very difficult thing to prove, right? I mean, it's a very difficult sure. thing to say. A, the service providers aren't particularly willing to say, you know, what it takes us eighteen months to roll out a new service because that's not good, right? I mean, that's yeah. terrible. Um, but equally, um, how quick to roll out a new service? What's the new service? It's a difficult benchmark to, to roll to, to make. But what I would say is that there's parallels from industries years gone by, right? So mm -hmm. if we if we look at the shift from from steam engines to electrical motors, mm -hmm. the, the conclusion at the time was it's a one-to-one -one replacement. We mm -hmm. just buy the biggest electrical motor and put it in the space that the biggest steam engine we had took up. 
And yes, it was a little bit quieter, a little bit less smoky. Maybe it made a little bit of a nicer environment to work in. But the factories were doing the same thing, right? The factories weren't reorganized, they weren't restructured. And, and switching 30 years later to a more distributed electrical engine uh, mm -hmm. model, the factories were able to organize around supply chains. Factories were able to organize around efficiencies of process rather than just being close to the power source. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I think there's some analogies that we can, we can pull out that are particularly relevant to this, but sure. uh, let's see how it goes, right? Yeah, yeah, no. Well, and you, again, you, can, you kind of mentioned, I guess, that that one-to-one -one nature of this, and the fact that you know, if, if you're replacing virtualization or replacing a you know a fixed piece of hardware with virtualization, and it, and it operates the same efficiency, you know, again, that might not be the best reason to do it. But there's the financial aspect too. I guess you have to look more longer term on that. You know, obviously, an efficiency perspective, that's one thing. But the, the financial part of it seems to be what gets the, uh, the 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 operator to finally sign off on some products. I mean, obviously. You know, if, if you can get the efficiency gains, that might help. But if you're not getting the efficiency gain, if you can at least show a financial gain on this, that would seem to be a big impact. Do you, I guess, do you expect, do you guys, do you guys expect to see that part of the model uh, evolve over time? Because it does seem like at this point, the financial part is still somewhat questionable. Kind of like you said earlier, it's still not quite there, but it might be more of a longer term play. Are you seeing uh, telecom operators um, uh, know that and, and are able to, kind of, I guess, you know, uh, resolve that issue internally that, hey, maybe we're not saving money today, but we can later on. Yeah, it's, a, it's a difficult one. I, I, it's back to the elephants in the room, right? And, uh, <laughs> and there's the situations here where it, most telcos are looking to roll out these new mano stacks with uh, yeah. administration and VIMs and all this sort of stuff. And, and interestingly enough, I, I, I think I told you this yesterday, I went to a major service provider in Europe and uh, uh, we went for like a four-hour workshop, and one of the first briefs before we went was, "Don't put a slide up there with the Etsy Mano architecture <laughs> anymore, right? I want to hear your opinions. I want to hear your your vision, your thoughts, not just compliance to something that's still still shaping up. That's yeah. not yet. Um, so I think there's there's a um, there's an uncertainty there. I, I think for me, when the cost really starts to get addressed is when people start to break these up into microservices when they start to break up these network functions into more autonomous building blocks mm -hmm. um, and start to get higher degrees of reuse higher degrees of flexibility then you start to strip away some of the bloated architectures yeah. the bloated operating systems frankly some of the dependencies on on um, third parties that mm -hmm. uh, licenses were conceived in the past where everything was based on, on a single hardware or a single box. So moving it into a virtualized environment where theoretically you could spin another instance up in, in a second and another instance and another instance and a normal behavior is just scale, scale, scale out. Mm -hmm. um, it, 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 the current financial models, the current vendor models, they, they don't work, right? And so if you look at them deploying new architectures alongside their existing architectures because they don't want to risk them then in the short term they they, they are faced with the, the, the realistic prospects of this being twice the price right yeah exactly, yeah right it's like two networks now exactly. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a knockout blow full stop right yeah. so so what what where comtel see this has been is okay you know what the likelihood is that you are going to be rolling out some new solutions new architectures because the service lifecycle changes. This is no longer north, south, south, north. This is no longer work orders cascading through a system. 
This is around complex events, customer events, uh, uh, scale out events, right? It's all about how those work together. So it's going to be a new approach, new architectures. So what you're going to find is that those new ways of doing business will challenge the architectures of the past. Mm -hmm. And hopefully, will then start to diminish the old solutions, right? So they'll start to be de de uh, decommissioned, they'll start to, to wither and die. And I think as if you, you start to see the shift, um, I think a couple of years in, you'll start to see a drop off uh, up front. You may see um, um, double cost. Then it comes down to whether or not you're solving it from a, a single use case or multi-use case. And mm -hmm. I think all the service providers are saying, I want a solution that doesn't just do enterprise, doesn't just do EPC. I want a solution that will do any virtualized service. Mm -hmm. Promote that. And, and that's probably where they're trying to um, uh, create an insurance policy, I guess, around yeah. this, this potential increase rate. Yeah, yeah, and it seems like too that this opportunity, like again, the financial aspect. I mean, it does seem to be opening up great opportunities for new players in the space. I mean, in the telecom space, we've had this you know history of these big companies who provide equipment and they provide services, and it's almost like a very you know, siloed approach to everything. And you know, at the very top level, they interoperate uh, so their customer can you know roam between towers and stuff like that. But uh, but it seems like this new model is allowing new players, Comptel, other, other companies, to really get involved in the space and bring. Uh, a different mindset, perhaps that that is really what's needed to make this work. Because taking the the old mindset with this new approach does seem like that could hinder and 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 delay this. Which uh, you know, again, like you were saying, that you know, delaying stuff longer and longer just put, you know it just makes it not efficient. I mean, there's no reason to do it. Then it does seem like this move is making it uh, is bringing this new blood basically into this market, which it seems like it kind of what it needs to really push this. At a, at a good, no, at a good pace. I, I think so. And, and to be honest with you, that's what gets me excited and motivated. I think there's uh, uh, the, what's the, the phrase, the valley of the blind, right? The one-eyed man. I mean, it, the valley is pretty big at the moment, right? Yeah. So, so having an opinion, being able to challenge the status quo, being yeah. able to, to give the service providers uh, a different input, a different thought process, try and break out of this collective blind spot, understanding the relationships. Um, I think it only helps. Um, I think from, from Comtel's perspective, we're seen as being somebody who hasn't got a business model to defend, hasn't mm -hmm. got a, a, a legacy business that will just drop off the cliff, right? I mean, regardless of what we do, fulfillment uh, is going to be carrying on, right? The, the need to stitch business processes together, orchestrate the networks, deliver services, that will continue. Um, so our opportunity is to just redefine what that is, right? Mm -hmm. And in some respects, that's almost creating an opportunity to, to cannibalize our own business. Well, that's, that's not bad, right? I mean, if you can predict that, have that ready, then you're in the right place. Whereas some of the other guys, I think, uh, you know what? There's too much to lose here, right? We're going we're gonna to slow this down. So for, for Comtel, uh, I think we have a, a unique opportunity to give a voice to the service providers almost in a very vendor independent play and mm -hmm. if you look at ultimately where SDN and FV goes um, most service providers at least have a dual network strategy in their network with SDN and FV they will have an N vendor strategy right so that for the, there'll be an even higher degree of need for vendor independence quality trust dynamic systems that, that can that can help solve these problems um, and that's the, that's the part we're playing so um let's see how far we get right yeah definitely do, do you see any challenge at this point in how the i guess there's always a standards issue when it comes to this as well too because at the end of the day 
all these things have to talk with each other and be able to interoperate. How, how do you view the standards uh, process moving along with this? I mean, it did seem like you mentioned, you know, uh, one of the operators you talk, were talking to didn't want to see the Etsy Mano thing anymore. I mean, so obviously Etsy's a part of this as well, but I mean, as you see that process evolving, uh, do you see any challenges there? Or how do you see that part, that part moving along? It's, um, it's fascinating again, right? So you look at some of the established um, standards bodies in the industry, and I won't mention names. Sure, sure. There's a lot, a lot of amount, a lot of. You accuracy. could probably guess, right? Yeah. And um, and they equally have have something to lose, right? I mean, they 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 can't have invested in a reference architecture for the last twenty five years, and then suddenly say, you know what, that's no good anymore, right? <laughs> but they, they have to, by definition, say, well, it can be adapted and it can be modeled and it can be moved. But simply sticking a V uh, in front of uh, a reference object in a data model doesn't make it uh, virtual. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a cop-out. I mean, a fair play to them, but it's still a cop-out. Um, yeah. And I think if you look at um, some of the Etsy, you, you mentioned Etsy. If you look at Etsy, um, I think, frankly, they're struggling to keep pace. I think they're all struggling to keep pace. And, and it, it's the guys at the very top. It's the, it's the Googles and the Facebooks and the Amazons who frankly, don't give a whatever. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, they're, they're doing what they think is right. And they're doing what, and it's those guys who are likely, and that's why I came back to the point around Netflix and those guys. I mean, it's likely that those are the guys who are going to say, you know what, this is how we need it to be. And these systems now are not north, south, south, north. They're in, out. They're, they're real time. They're, they're all about, um, predicting analytics it's not about oh something's gone wrong i need to fix it it's about something's going to go wrong i need <laughs> to prepare for it to go wrong yeah and it's a, just simple things like what assurance means changes right? completely completely yeah. and uh so i think it's uh it'll be interesting to see how it pans out but i suspect the service providers will start to realize that the standards uh, need to be helping them not yeah standards trying to box them in and uh, but you play the cards you've got and you play the system that there is and i think etsy are doing a great job in in at least being a focus yeah, and yeah. energy and a drive um but i see all the uh all the pox all the um uh, proof of concepts that have been rolled out in, yeah. it's, it's all downward facing yeah it's all it's all in in looking at how do I just get a service running? It's not around how do I monetize it? How do I assure it? How do I sell it? How do I, how do I create a, a retail channel for these new services? How, how for example, I mean, a, a, a typical service could be for a wholesaler, the ability to have a virtual ISP. Right? So an entire sort of um, organization. And, and I, I don't see the standards recognizing that as the business needs. I see yeah. them understanding the mechanics of the uh, the lower levels of the stack. Sure, like. sure. Well, yeah, I guess when do we get to that part then where we can kind of start providing these POCs that show that show a monetization model? Because again, that's going to be at the end of the day when the, you know when this stuff works up the chain to the CFO's office and he's got to sign off on this stuff. He's got to be able to see at least some point, uh, you know, hey, this could make sense financially for us. I mean, do we are we getting to a point where we can start showing? Uh, that aspect, do you think, or is that still a ways, and 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 is that going to push off this adoption? That's a, that's a good, it's a good question, and uh, yeah. to, to be honest, we're we're working on that. Um, I'm, <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm hoping uh, at Barcelona uh, next year. Okay, towards the end of this year, 
Uh, I noticed you um, you had a session with Red Hat uh, the yeah. last last one. Yeah. Right. So we're a Red Hat partner, doing a lot of work with Red Hat around their ecosystem. Uh, so we're looking to to build something a little bit different. Okay. Uh, so perceiving us. We are. To, I, I'd love to tell you who and when and what, but that would be revealing that I have the answers and I don't. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, watch this space. I'm hoping that Comtel, along with some of our friends at Red Hat and some other very uh, interested third parties in the process, will be able to show you an entire end-to-end. Uh, next generation NFV based um, solution that yeah. includes the whole sales enterprise. So taking orders, how that's rolled out, delivering those, monetizing, assuring them, uh, monitoring everything. So that's yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll look forward to that. And then maybe a quick final wrap up question then, you know, what, as you look forward to this, obviously we brought up a lot of topics, a lot of challenges going ahead, but I mean, what do you see as kind of that one, main challenge or perhaps biggest hurdle that uh, is kind of preventing this this dream utopia that uh, we are that everybody's hoping that eventually comes what, what do you see you know if you could pick one that's really going to be challenging the challenging market what, what do you see right now um it's fear right it's fear yeah. of the unknown i mean it, yeah, that's it. that sounds really simple and daft and um but i think coming back to the steam engine analogy is yeah. A generational change, right? Um, it's probably somebody who comes from cloud generation, who okay. is from that that app store uh, mentality, where, for example, with fulfillment, uh, fulfillment is first usage event. It's zero latency. It's, I, the idea that you wait for something to be delivered is insane, right? Uh, so it's, it's likely that it's going to be somebody who comes up from from those types of environments who gets to the top, who says, this is the way it needs to be, right? Um, that's, that's the worst case scenario. The, the best case scenario is um, uh, the guys who are selling cloud services, the guys who are selling IT services, who suddenly realized that they are telco services. And they suddenly realized that, you know what, they can do this. And investment levels aren't so prohibitive. And you look at the the, the leadership that, that Google is putting out into the market, you, you're likely to see somebody who needs to follow. And yeah. uh, so it'll be see, who, see who's brave, right? Um, yeah. But I, I do think, I mean, I'm often asked this question, and you can imagine why, is when people are going to start buying. Um, <laughs> well, there's that question. Yeah. Um, and, and I think right now, the, the, the activity around RFIs, around POX, is, is, is just going through the roof. Yeah. I mean, we're answering loads. I mean, we've done three this week. I mean, it's insane. Um, uh, but I think 2016, I think that's when you're going to start to see people spending money and, uh, and, and putting stuff into production and starting to trial these things out. And it still will be a wait and see. Um, yeah. They won't be going all in. They'll be keeping their existing stacks. Their existing services and they'll be saying okay if you think you can win challenge let's see if yeah. we can win. Yeah. well to keep the orchestration part of this uh, pretty busy as well obviously that's part of your business there so i'm sure you'll be busy for quite some time but hey simon we definitely appreciate the great insight on this today uh, again thanks for the, the the interesting angle on this as well we definitely appreciate it it's always good to get some nice analogies uh, bringing in the steam engine and stuff like that <laughs> well i did tell you yesterday your biggest challenge was going to be shooting me up Right. <laughs> you did no, you did well. You did no problem at all. So, well, we definitely appreciate the time today. Well, again, Simon, thanks again uh, for joining us, and hopefully, we'll talk again soon uh, on some of these new advances coming up. But again, thanks for the time today. We appreciate it.
It was a pleasure. Take care. Great. Thanks a lot. All right. Well, that'll do it for this week's NFES Day in Reality Check. Be sure to join us again next Friday when we're scheduled to talk with TM Form on some advances in the virtualization space. Well, again, thanks for joining us, uh, and we'll see you next week. NFVSDN Reality Check with Dan Meyer is a production of RCR-TV. To suggest show topics or to reach Dan, you can find him on email, dmeyer at rcrwireless.com, and on Twitter at Meyer underscore Dan. For more Dan, news on NFVSDN, and everything wireless, find your way over to rcrwireless.com.